0: This is probably circa 1994. Yeah. You know, so he would always, he he had this, this deep, you know, gonna laugh if there's such a thing as a gonna laugh. But anyway, he would always just constantly come back to me. Paulie. you're not telling me why you can't do it. Why can't you do it? Why can't you do it? And, and it was just to the point where uh, I think I I started to, literally after about (coughs) weeks of this, I was saying to myself why can't i do it exactly like something clicked you know something there was a shift and and that shift uh, again for forever changed the trajectory of my life and everybody's life around me
1: dude we all the best time ever to start a small business. I'm not gonna be 100 percent in. I'm not gonna do it. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah, and, and like, just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Paul. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for coming, brother. Thanks for having me. Long time coming. <clears throat>
0: yes, yes I have indeed. The uh
1: the blessing of being able to chat with you direct a decent oh, amount. Oh my gosh. I'm very lucky, I pick your brain on a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. and I told you when I launched the podcast, you know, I'd love to have you on and tell your story, you're a local guy, so for all the people who are going to tune in because of Paul, um, Mm -hmm. this all started because I was a guy I didn't come up with much, and as I started to have a little bit of success, I was reaching for free help, and it was hard to get, and I couldn't afford to pay for coaching. Mm -hmm. So... Myself and the team wanted to give back free content and interview local business owners. So it's special to have one of the co-founders and owners of Bubba Coos, which was developed and brought to light right here in Point Pleasant. You and your partner, Billy. That's right. Um, So thank you for coming i know you're up here you had a jam-packed day you live down in naples now mm-hmm. so thank you so much for your time it's really appreciated yeah, it's really nice of you
0: you know for starters uh congratulations to you on the success of this uh this podcast and uh i think you guys are doing great things you know again we just spoke uh, gosh not even a week ago in the middle of the desert talking about how um, inspiring people and inspiring people that want to be inspired how important that is so uh, I find it an honor to sit here and to actually chat with you
1: yeah and you got real passionate about that and I did I don't want to get into that yet I'm gonna to get to it sure I want to chronologically walk through your life and kind of paint the picture of where Paul started and where Paul is today mm. you know a lot of us come from all different walks of life everybody's got a story right that's right and nobody's story is more important or more difficult than others but if you can have someone that you look up to that walked a very similar life or, or had similar difficulties as you did, it gives you something to look forward to. It did for me. Um, so you grew up in Newark?
0: Grew up in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, single mom. Uh, awesome mom. Um, tough beginnings. You know, it was very tough in the beginning.
1: Um, Mom was working hard probably. Mom was working very
0: hard. Uh, You know, uh, it was the type of thing where I think the cutoff for school was even September or October. My birthday was in October, and, you know, she pleaded to have them take me just because, you know, there was nobody to take care of me. So I was shuffled around a lot, and, uh, you know, times were, to say the least, probably the toughest then uh, during my life.
1: Yeah, and those are early developmental years on your mind and your outlook of life. Yeah. And you know to fast forward your life you then move down here to bricktown which i'm a bricktown guy i was born and raised in bricktown go go dragons that's right um bricktown is also not this uppity town or you know in my eyes maybe as privileged as other towns in new jersey Mm -hmm. um a lot of middle class hard-working families you finished out your high school years there and then went off to occ first before you went to delaware correct yes Yes. And did you go there for two years, and what did you go for? I
0: didn't go for two years, unfortunately. Um, OCC was an extension for me of high school. You know, my, you know I wasn't very academic, I'm not going to lie. Uh, my dad, you know, uh, my stepdad pulled into the scene uh, probably, I'm going to say, when I was about 10 years old. And he always said to me, whatever you do, you have to go to college. I mean, he said it to me routinely, you know, and here I was at best, maybe a C student, you know, in in grade school and in high school. But he had passed around the time I was entering into the the junior college years of OCC. We didn't have a lot of money again. We had fallen back into what I would consider hard times. Things were better when he was, uh, when my dad was around. But uh, the short of it is I went to OCC Floundered for about three and a half years, just trying to figure things out, you know Um, And then I realized that I had to do something and uh, at that point made a decision to uh, Start exploring other colleges because you know my time at Ocean County College after three and a half years was uh, was coming to an end and uh, I ended up interviewing at University of Delaware which you know I wasn't putting things together mentally you know how much it cost I just had a friend that went there I had visited several times I thought it was a great school uh, because it was fun it was a beautiful school I knew academically it was considered uh, you know a strong school and the best part about it I had a hotel restaurant management program so that's what drew me to Delaware
1: now, did you know at the time you wanted to go into the restaurant business? Or I you? did.
0: I did. I started to How? figure that. Well, <clears throat> you know, I really wanted to be a marine biologist. You know, really? not, not a lot of people know that, right? You know, just found that out. But I, I really wanted to be a marine biologist. I was always interested in the ocean. I was always interested in sea life. I uh, always had a real passion for that, even when I was a young boy. And, you know, consequently, I didn't have the grades, so I did apply at Stockton in their marine biology program and they, uh, they shot me down. Mm. So I, I, I kinda, again, an OCC was a good time for me because again, it gave me the additional time to figure things out. And uh, I knew at that point that my destiny would more than likely be somewhere in the range of restaurant management.
1: Now, I, I know obviously OCC was great times for you. Like you said, it gave mm-hmm. you more time to mature. You took some really good nuggets, as we would call them on the show, from OCC. Um, you still go back to OCC today and give back to them, um, as well as I think you guys launched a, a cafeteria in there for the OCC students. Watch and make sure you go get your bubble coos. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you uh, were you, you know, do you believe college is like a game changer for people looking to go into business? And again, I know it did good things for you, but did you think it really made or or? or broke your career if you did or didn't go
0: i think college is very important i mean that that's like the antithesis of what every you know motivational speaker these days seems to be talking about but i think it's a you know a obviously it's an institution b i think it instills discipline and it it gives you better writing skills it gives you better you know reading skills it it's just I, I, I just think it's important. I do, you know, and and really, and I'll get into it. But for me, it was the connections that I made through somebody I knew in college that ultimately changed the future or, or, or my future. You know, the destiny of my of my future.
1: It's funny you said that last week. I had Tobias eats. I don't know if you follow him. He's a foodie guy on Instagram. He was on the show. and We had way too much bourbon and way too much fun. But in one of the clips, I, I said you know, if you're gonna go to college or your parents are gonna stroke that check for $100,000, yeah. the best thing you can do is build solid relationships that could help you in business 100%. down the road. I, I can't yeah. disagree with that at yeah. all.
0: OCC <laughs> has been very gracious to me in so many different ways. As we talk, you know, you'll start to get a feel for the fact that I'm, I'm becoming very philanthropic in age. And, uh, you know, yeah, I do give back a lot. I'm on a, a board at the uh, at the college uh just active participant as as early as just last week when i was in phoenix at the inc uh 5000 but uh yeah i like to stay involved with them uh they've been again like you said gracious to me in terms of allowing us to be their food uh purveyor uh or their food service operation in the building
1: that's awesome it, to get it, back it, to
0: the local guys it does it, it and, and it does great for us but yeah it's it's about local you know and uh uh, I just couldn't miss that opportunity either, you know, in terms of uh, being a, a face and a representative in that college, having a Bubba Koo's Burritos in the college. I'm sure know. they're
1: very happy to have you and, and so. the restaurant. I think so. You know, that you're somebody they can point to and say, hey, that guy walked through these halls and, you know, well, got his start here. Listen, it's a start. I don't
0: know if I'm that immortalized in that school. I'm not going to lie. but uh, they, 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 I they try to make you look good. Yeah, I was going to say, they seem to like me, and, and I guess that's good for now. Yes. So, yeah.
1: moving on from there, you're in college. I think you and I had had this conversation. It might have been over bourbon, so yeah. I may miss a couple pieces. Well, the last time I was here was a little fuzzy. Yeah, we, we had Charlie. <laughs> we probably didn't eat enough. We drank too much, but it was fun. You had talked about in class you were doodling burritos yeah and i think your professor was questioning you like hey what are you doing here right walk us through that and kind of your thoughts at that point of you know 19 20 21 years old
0: (laughs) it's like pulling out a massive suitcase right now unzipping it and unpacking it you know uh well thanks for the question you know because it's a really important question in terms of what people take away from this but You know, I had met an individual at University of Delaware. His name is uh, Professor Kwanza. He's a professor, uh, doctorate, uh, self-made entirely from Ghana, Africa. And he was my finance teacher in college. And uh, finance was never, you know, my strong suit. So, I was a little bit of a clown in his class. And and he really, I don't know what it was, but he really liked me, he talked to me, you know. And he showed a lot of interest in me, he cared. Um, he would chat with me after class. He had a lot of questions for me. He wanted to know about me personally, and uh, you know, got to cool. know you exactly. Not not inappropriate or any in any fashion, but just just want to know me as a person. Mm-hmm. And he started to see something in me that I didn't see in myself. You know, and I think that's really where my life changed entirely. You what know? did he
1: see that you didn't see in yourself?
0: Well, you know, the fact that I was a kid that rode around on a motorcycle, even in the dead of winter, you know, uh, was uh, definitely—I don't know—I I had—I had an edge. I'm, I had a definite edge going to me. You know, I had a, a chip on my shoulder. I guess is the is the is the term. Um, I
1: think a lot of business owners do that, do big things like you are.
0: Yeah, maybe. But, you know, I was a little bit of a rebel, I guess you could say, you know. And, uh, again, it didn't scare him off at all. And he, I guess there was a position for hospitality club president that was coming um, to uh, to the program. And he really wanted me to vie for this position as hospitality club president. And I said to him, like, you're completely out of your mind. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not a. I, I, I'm just. I don't fit. I, I really didn't fit the mold as it was at University of Delaware. I didn't wear the J. Crew clothes at the time. I, I, I just, it just didn't fit. You know, I wore like cutoff sweatpants, t-shirts, Converse. I was a skater back in the day. Um, I don't know. I just. At the time I, I would say I, I probably go as far as to say I had low self esteem even. You're finding yourself. I was finding myself. That's a good way to put it. But yeah. I think at the end of the day it translated to probably having some low self esteem.
1: Yeah. And I you know, I battled with that myself when I was younger. They classified me yeah. as ADHD. I I also had chips, so I could yeah. fully relate. I know a lot of people who tune into this show. Yeah. Whether they have a business of a hundred million or they're, you know, just a, you know, an individual sure. business owner making three hundred grand, yeah. you know, a lot of them have similar, you know, attributes like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's funny how a lot of business owners are that way. I don't know if that's a, a real stat across the <laughs> board <laughs> yeah. nationwide, uh, but I have discovered it that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but, but what I
0: can tell you is he was very insistent on this position and every time we would meet he would always ask me where i was at with the position and in my mind i wasn't going for this position. yeah i'm not doing any of this <laughs> yeah i don't want i don't want to have any part of this hospitality club thing.
1: but you like the guy you didn't want to let him down I, it sounds like well
0: you're 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 going in the right direction because uh, he he would ask me and then the so he would ask me you know where are you at with the hospitality club president position What what's going on and and uh, I said, well, I can't do that. And he recurringly would ask me, why can't you? So, you know, those, those are three very, well, I guess maybe they're four words, but why, you know, can is abbreviated. But Now you sound he, like Biden. I know, right? <laughs> I'm sounding like Biden. But why can't He would always say, why can't you do it? Like, why can't you? And, you know, it was just, I just would sleep on that at night. And you know, and try to figure out in my mind why I couldn't, and I always returned back to the fact that I wasn't articulate. I, I you know, I, I wasn't the tall, skinny, good-looking guy. I didn't dress the part. Uh, I didn't have all the connections. Uh, and you know, I would I would kind of mention that to him, and he would laugh. He had this this yeah, this African yeah. He had this African laugh. He still does. And it's, it's hysterical. If he laughs, it's very infectious. You'll, you stay you, in touch with him still, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't say too much, but we, we talk a couple of times a year. How many years ago was that? Well, this is probably circa 1994. Yeah. You know? So he would always, he, he had this, this deep, you know, gonna laugh, if there's such a thing as a gonna laugh. But he, anyway, he would always just constantly come back to me. Paulie, you're not telling me why you can't do it. Why can't you do it? Why can't you do it? And, and it was just to the point where uh, I think I, w- I started to, it, literally after about <clears throat> weeks of this, I was saying to myself, why can't I do it? Exactly. Like something clicked, you know, something, there was a shift. And, and that shift, uh, again, for, forever changed the trajectory of my life and everybody's life around me.
1: So mindset. So we're going to kind of jump forward in your life, right? And then we're going to kind of walk backwards again. Mindset. Hmm? It's everything. And, And those aha moments for me, people I have observed and had coaching or mentorship from over the years is extremely important. Someone like this professor challenging you you know challenging your lack thereof at the time confidence like no you can do it you can do constantly. it constantly it's, it's that affirmation it's that visualization yeah, right. and that is i i, I cannot put deprogramming. A, yeah you deprogram what you've been told to it's a yourself depro-
0: yes it's 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 really ultimately it's uh ultimately it's a deprogramming because we're very hardwired early is what i have figured out i mean it you know It's, you know, I grew up with a mom who was a secretary who worked her butt off. A dad who was a train conductor, same thing, worked hard. Um, When you're in those environments, you know, and you don't have a dad who's a business person, or a dad, or a mom who's a business person, or somebody that owns a business, uh, or even has an entrepreneurial spirit, I think, uh, it's difficult Mm -hmm. because you're trained that every day, you're going to work, and you're going to work nine to five. You're going to have weekends off. You're, you're, you're going to have a good life. You're going to try to make a good life. Uh, you're going to have a fireworks going that's, on. That's, that's Billy
1: from Colonial. <laughs> Is it? It's like he knows I have the podcast going on. Uh, he's funny. like the he's like the evil kid next door, and uh, what's that toy movie? <laughs> toy Story. Toy toy Story. Story? Yeah. That's cool.
0: No, but you know, you, you, I just think you're 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 a byproduct of the way you're raised. It's it's. That's natural. Yeah, That's it's limiting normal. beliefs. It is limiting. It's yeah. it's just limiting. Period. Y- you know, and this 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 guy rolled up and, and just just shook my world, and I you know just you know well, not, he came not, from not,
1: Africa yeah. and, and and made it in America completely six, successfully. And he's going, this guy thinks he's got it hard. You know, he saw that all over you. I'm sure he, he saw something. But the
0: short of it is, I, I did become a hospitality club president. And I tell you that that changed everything for me because I started to assert myself. I was I always had ambition, you know. I was always ambitious. I always had energy. I was ambitious. I wanted to be something. Um, I was willing to work for it. That was another big one. Uh, From a young kid, I never had issues working, working hard, Um, but. It was, again, that shift or that change in me from that, from that, that, that well, I'm not going to say, you know, that, that position in college as, as uh, hospitality club president just started launching me into different things. I, it, I got a great internship at Resorts Casino in Atlantic City. I got a great job out of college, worked for, for Pizzeria Uno in New York City, uh, high paying at the time. Uh, You know, I jumped into different restaurant companies like Nordstrom and then uh, ultimately um, to Johnny Rockets, which was really my launch pad uh, with that company.
1: And toss me a letter when you get a chance. Sure. What were you doing exactly for Johnny Rockets? And I know a lot of what you were able to implement, at least a lot of the good, you kind of had taken from your lessons that you learned at Johnny Rockets so what were you doing there and how did you end it there Well,
0: I, I think we should touch on Johnny Rockets briefly uh, is Johnny Rockets was ten years of my life and I probably worked eight days a week uh, for ten years with that company and uh, it was a real institution again it was a small company uh, it had a very low ceiling executive ceiling so uh, you know I got promoted I was promoted probably in the range of about five times Started as store manager, moved up to market manager, moved up to district manager, uh, region, uh, I think it's called district director, regional director. And towards the end, I was running the company as VP of operations uh, interim for probably the better part of six months or so until they sold the company. But uh, it was a great experience in terms of dealing with franchise partners, dealing with operations because that was my main responsibility was running stores.
1: So the systems within the, systems, the
0: restaurants. Uh, how things, again, just how things worked, uh, you know, in general. Uh, and, and you start to be in that position, you start to mingle with the VPs of all the different departments, which I was constantly in California, which is why I seem to gravitate back to California all you the time. You love that
1: Beverly Hills man. I, I
0: love California. Uh, I'm not so fond of their politics, but I do like California. I like the weather. I think there's some really good people out there. There's good people everywhere. But really where I'm going with this uh, is uh, Johnny Rockets was a complete launch pad for me and my partner. Because my partner had experienced a lot of the
1: same thing. He was working at Johnny Rockets as well, correct? He was. He was. And, uh, and you I know. want to talk about that real quick. He's not here tonight. No, it's okay. I you, want to give him some love. He, he's. Yeah. Oh, He's really huge. more of like the menu and um,
0: I would say well I think we're collaborative on just about everything but he, he was the muscle and the heart you know it's like ironically his last name is heart you know he was the he, he, I, I would even say he still is the heart of the, the business you know he's, he's, he's a passionate guy he cares he's, he's he's a special guy you know he's definitely somebody who we'd be dead as an organization without him because he went into that first store, and he gave it life. Mm-hmm. Like, he breathed life into that store. Granted, I was there, and, you know, I'm always responsible maybe for a lot of the uh, engineering and, and and maybe, hey, let's do this better, let's do that better. But I was always good at that. That's kind of what I did. Naturally came to you. Yeah, it was more of a, I was always a manager, you know what I mean? And he was always a heavy lifter, you know? And he grew into his own man now, and obviously this is— Flash forward over almost sixteen of course, years later. Years ago, he's grown into his own man now. But uh, but yeah, it's
1: been uh, it's been quite a ride. Yeah. What did you take most from Johnny Rockets as you were? And I have a couple questions about this. First off, why did you want to get off and own your own business? Because it's not easy, especially in a restaurant space. It's a great question. Tell us that one. Yeah, first. Well,
0: that's pretty easy. Well, so when i was working uh in rockets i'd say after a few years especially dealing with the franchise community i really held them in super high esteem again you know kid coming out of college wow these are business guys they're making money they have good lives they have good lifestyles uh you know they 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 were excited they were exciting to be around they still are by the way Mm -hmm. you know and because they're entrepreneurs um and i said I want to be like these guys you know I like working here and I like and, and they loved me because I would teach them ways to make money I would teach them a lot about bench uh planning and people and what's
1: bench planning for somebody who doesn't know
0: yeah just teaching them to make sure that they're always staffed up and that there's that there's literally legions behind people to, that are always going to succeed and take the next level position so you're always
1: always having a a, it's like chess you're always thinking ahead
0: yeah you're always thinking ahead Mm -hmm. teaching them to think ahead sometimes people see what's directly in front of them you you know so um, I think that was pivotal was spending a lot of time with franchise partners and realizing that they were very A they were were awesome people and they were great to be around but B that they were very ordinary Mm -hmm. and that was the kicker for me was how ordinary they were. Yeah, I thought they were extraordinary people, but they're not. They're
1: regular people. They're just regular people like us, doing the right things. That's right.
0: So, I started again to, you know, bond with them and, and uh, form relationships with them. Seeing hang the money them, they're making, saw the money they were making, and, and yet I was stuck in this in this job. But I, I loved it. I, I'm not going to lie. I knew I needed to be there. Uh, I I wasn't itchy to leave. They took great, great care of me. Um, I did, you know, what I needed to do every day. Uh, Things did get easier towards the end and they got markedly harder in some ways. But what really changed for me was probably later in my tenure at Rockets, or Johnny Rockets, was I started to realize that not only could I be a franchisee, but I could also be a founder of a brand and actually franchise to other Your people. Own. Yeah. And fran- you know, franchise my
1: own, yeah. You came up to that helicopter view. You weren't so That's focused right. on the micro where That's right. I'm gonna own one or two stores, I can own <clears throat> however many a stores. That's yeah, right. I a could system. build a
0: system. Whether it's ten or it's ten thousand, I-, I can own a system. And that seemed like a long shot at the time. I mean, If I told anybody that, which I told a few, and some people were supportive of it, but most people are like, you're completely out of your mind.
1: Yeah, of course. You know,
0: because the odds of even a restaurant, one restaurant succeeding, is slim to none. But I, you know, people that know me, people that really know me, uh, know that I don't quit. And know that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to end up doing it. And, uh you got to be you able know, to
1: fight through the tough times that's and right. stay focused on that end goal. That's right. Well, you answered both my questions with that answer, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's good. And, and Johnny Rockets, obviously, you're thankful for. A-triggly. And from there, you said, hey, Billy, I'm, I'm going to.
0: Well, Billy Billy and I started talking about the idea, so it's not to say, you know, it's all me. It, it was, you know, I kind of birthed the idea early on. But an idea to me is an idea, it's,
1: it's nothing, it means nothing. You gotta have someone to help you execute it, you yeah. need a team. Well,
0: I, I learned early, again, that it was all about people. And I needed people, and I needed a Bill, you know, I needed a Billy. Uh, and, and Billy was smart enough to need his team, and you know, it just, it, it just worked that way. And uh, we were successful at Rockets together. Uh, Billy and I worked in tandem for, oh, gosh, probably almost my entire time there. Uh, so we knew that we could work well together, uh, we both knew that we had certain strengths that I had certain strengths that he <laughs> didn't have or he didn't possess, and he had strengths that I didn't possess. So it makes a great partnership. Exactly, and if you were to ever you know see us together sitting, having lunch or at a bar, you'd speak to us for a few minutes. You'd probably say, "Geez, these are two of the most opposite guys I could ever meet."
1: Yeah, I've yeah. kind of observed that, you know. When he still lived here, seeing yeah, guys yeah. in D V tree and mm-hmm. around town, mm-hmm. so you guys birth and start to execute on your yeah. first store yeah you know without getting crazy into the details but again yeah. we want to give nuggets to the viewers sure how did you go about doing that financially you know because some uh. of the biggest entrepreneurs say take it alone is the most stupid thing you could do in business yeah because business is so volatile bootstrapping right it says this,
0: this would be an example i'm taking uh, grad school right now at uh, syracuse and I'm right in the middle of, of our, my venture capital class and the uh, chapter we're on right now is bootstrapping. But anyway, it was it's, it's bootstrapping. Uh, we had a third partner initially uh, who was gonna be the money person. I'm not gonna talk names because I, you know, I, do. I, I don't wanna offend anybody, <coughs> but um, he's a great guy I still have tremendous respect for him, he's a very, very smart guy. Uh, like him as a person, liked him as a mentor, Uh, But um, I was ambitious, you know, and I one thing I learned about uh, college or what grad school is teaching me is everything's research, 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 research is what you learn from grad school. Uh, I didn't really put in the research, you know, and when we were talking about the model, uh, there was a burrito concept called Burrow Burrito, which was next to Mike's. It was several other brands before that. And the concept didn't work, it failed, you know? But it was fit up, it was built out. And I used to go all the time for my sandwiches at Jersey Mike's, because at the time I was living on Curtis Avenue, which was just down the road from the store. And the space went dark. And I said to Billy, I said, I said, I think I found a spot we can do this. I think this is fit up. I think it's gonna be a low cost fit up and you know the first question, you know, it's the million dollar question that you always ask yourself when you go going to business. Well, how much do you think that spot can do in sales? How much are you guys gonna do out of that business? Show me a pro forma. And I said, I think it's a million dollar store. <coughs> well, that was music to a few people's ears, especially based on the rent structure. Rent structure, fit up, uh, initial startup costs, we were probably estimating around like 75,000. Which is pretty
1: low. Which is very low. You
0: know, and this is 2008, mind you, going into a recession. Um, And the short of it is, uh, I talked to the the landlord, we got the space. Uh, I was recently terminated for my job which was unbelievable, right? And the timing of it. I was terminated from my job and then I had asked Bill to quit his job, which at the time he was probably making about 65-70,000 a year. Did he have family yet? No. He was a single guy, he had a <laughs> girlfriend, and he actually lived in my house in in uh, on Curtis Avenue in the mm-hmm. borough. And uh he did it, you know, and, and really it's, i have to say that, you know, if it wasn't for him really taking that step of faith and, and trusting me or, or, or believing in what we could do, um, you know, we, we there would be no Bubba Cous burritos.
1: Yeah. You got to have that one person to you take need, that, you that, need, you that need leap that. with you. Yes.
0: And because here I was in a 400, $450,000 house, I had to pay a mortgage, I didn't even have time. I couldn't even rely on the business to pay my bills. Yeah, you had to still work. I had to work. So I took up a job. I was making just about 200000 a year with Johnny Rockets, which was pretty darn good money back then. Absolutely. I was living pretty well, especially as a single guy myself. Uh, I wasn't married. Um, and the way it shook out is Billy did quit his job. He moved into the house. We signed the lease, we fitted up. We opened up our, our, our first week doing like four or five thousand dollars.
1: Now did you open up under Burrow Burritos? No, we
0: opened up under Bubba Kush burritos. Uh, but to go back to what I was saying is we opened up doing five thousand a week. Five thousand a week. So the partner with the money, now mind you, don't ask me why, you know, I just believe in in fate and I believe things happen for reasons. But we never signed a franchise agreement. <clears throat> So
1: <laughs> with the partner. No,
0: with all of us. We never signed like a total like uh, Yeah, no operating not agreement. A franchise, I'm sorry, operating agreement, my mm-hmm. bad. And uh, we never signed an operating agreement, which was like who who would go into business without doing that? And uh, it just got dicey. The the money guy immediately, you know, seemed to uh, he clammed up and was like I don't know if I want in on this. You know, you said 20,000 a week. This is five thousand a week. I don't know if I. I don't know if I could subscribe to this. This is going to be, just. This is doom and gloom, is what I think he saw on the horizon for the brand. You know. He got
1: scared quick. He didn't have a real appetite for risk. No, 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 no,
0: no. I wouldn't say so. Uh, again, super guy, uh, great corporate guy, brilliant, uh, but just not sure that, you know. Not all corporate
1: guys his are made to be entrepreneurs. They, they no. do their best work as an entrepreneur using the, the, the business's capital and treating it like their own. But when they get out on the street, again, from my observations over time, you know, they don't do well there in the risk yeah. space. They don't like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree, you know. So, you know, it was like now it was sink or swim, you know. Now I had a job. I had taken out a home equity loan to pay back our third partner. We bailed on the agreement. I used credit cards. I used cash in the bank. I used everything I could to keep us afloat. Billy didn't get paid. I don't think he saw a dollar out of that business for the better part of I'm gonna say six months. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, you know, one thing about my partner is, you know, like failure wasn't an option either you know just it's determined like, yeah if you want a couple guys and a in, you know and a foxhole it's probably my partner and myself you yeah, know I was going to say foxhole he's not going to quit and I'm not going to quit you know uh you know and uh it it just started to grow you know we just I I just kept saying you know slow and steady wins the race i was just encourage him daily and he would, you know, he'd be shot and he'd be frustrated. His girlfriend was living in my house. It was, it was, it was like you could have made a TV show yeah, out of this I, thing. I can only imagine. You know, he'd come back and burn. <clears throat> I'd be burnt from my job and then going over there and I was trying to give him space and not overmanage and, uh, you know, not that he needed much of it, but, you know, it, it was still something that, you know, I wanted to constantly test, retest, give feedback, fine tune. I think we ended up spending you know, gosh, the next three, four years just fine-tuning the brand. But, so for
1: someone launching, say, a salad brand, yeah, you know, you talk about tests, retests. Yeah. Elaborate on that a little bit more for somebody who may be a foodie watching the show, sure. looking to launch a restaurant.
0: Sure. Well, everything's a refinement. I think any business, it doesn't even have to be, you know, a restaurant. But it, it's uh, you're it's like any good business is constantly refining and refining and figuring out better ways to do things. Uh, in this case, more flavorful ways to do things, and we found our pocket. Our pocket really was, you know, how how are we different? We wanted to be something different. Mm-hmm. We wanted to create something different. Hence, that's our our unofficial tagline. Mm-hmm. But uh, we wanted to be. We we discovered that we wanted to be similar to to a Chipotle or a Qdoba or a Mo's, a national burrito brand. But we want it to be a step up. So if they were the coach, we want it to be the Louis Vuitton. Well, you say, well, how does that, you know, how, how do you do that? Well, fresher ingredients, uh, flavor uh, options, uh, combinations, things like a cook to order steak, which I don't think a lot of people have. A lot of people are scooping steak out. Uh, so we started just doing things again. And you still
1: for, do that, cook the water steak. yeah.
0: You know, and it's just a culinary <laughs> difference that, you know, the competitors aren't doing. And that's making us, you know, stand out. And that's why do you why think people, they do
1: it? Because they're trying to go for more volume and speed? That Yeah, steak slows I, you down? I think that's
0: an element. Uh, cost. You know, they're using like, you know, a lot of braised beef. You know, they just cook it to death and they just scoop it out and serve it. And Put it in
1: sauce, make it taste yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's hard to taste
0: things when they're in burritos with a lot of different things, but we've always believed in the in the integrity of our food, and and if you if you stand on your integrity, you stand on what you do, and you do it consistently, uh, you know, it, it starts to resonate, it starts to show. People pick up on compounds. it. Compounds. Yeah, compounds, that's right. So, uh, it's just gotten really difficult as we're hinging on 100 stores. You know, I'm yeah. starting to see as a as a co-founder that uh, you know replicating that and maintaining that standard is extremely difficult.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you see it in you know just an easy examples like a Dunkin' yeah. Donuts, right? A coffee in North Jersey versus a coffee at say the Point Pleasant Dunkin' Donuts, <clears throat> and Point Pleasant Dunkin' Donuts is great. I go to DV Tree. Shout out to DV Tree, Joe and Oh, Malen. definitely. But. I, I, it's it's hard to have the same consistency. That's right. And we're going to jump around a little bit here, but yeah. talk about, you know, what you go through on a daily basis as somebody with your partner, Billy, who had thrown everything you had into this. You're extremely passionate. Yeah. Since I've met you, you have never got off the goal of how big you want to grow this and what yeah. you want to do for your friends and your family and your employees. Talk about the difficulties from a high level view that you're running mm. into now, when you wanna make sure you're putting out the best product but you have a hundred stores, a hundred different owners with their own employees and how you manage all that, sure. or at least try to. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: obviously with scale like this, it's it's a, a pretty quintessential answer. I mean, you have to start to departmentalize, you know, compartmentalize, you yeah. know, you're gonna have uh, you know, we have now procurement or we have somebody that deals with purchasing. We have an ops team that handles operations and standards. We have training, uh, you know, a vice president of training who and handles and coordinates all of the training, uh, sending people out for training to do openings, training people in store, uh, just every angle of training you can consider uh, mobile training, you know, um, we have a marketing person. We have two full time assistants. We have a CFO. We have an unbelievable uh, vice president of construction uh, who just got promoted to senior vice president of construction. And he's, you want to talk about a road warrior? <laughs> you know, we talk about how I get around. Uh, you know, Ron supersedes me by far when it comes to traveling, and he's just, he just does it. You know, he could be in Florida, he could be in five or six states in a week. Overseeing projects, so you know everybody's everybody's important. Everybody, you know, I I, I just you know at a higher level, you just, you're really relying on people. Yeah, you know, and and you it's just nothing
1: can, you could do because you can't control it all.
0: You can't, you know, and that's you got to kind of relinquish yourself a little bit because it can drive you crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah you can't, can't be drive. a control freak on all aspects of that. Well, yeah, and that's hard when you are a control freak. Yeah, <laughs> I, I listen. I can imagine. I see it with. <laughs> You know what I'm doing on a smaller scale. Sure. Sure. So <clears throat> when you talk about all these different people that work for your organization, yeah, how are you also making sure that and I think I know this answer because I observe you. But how do you make sure that culture stays happy and everybody feels like they're a part of the team and everybody feels like they're winning and it's not just Billy or it's not just Paul winning sure. at the top?
0: Uh, in terms of what, infrastructurally
1: from a corporate level, or are you talking just, systems? Just, just just, culture, not so much the systems. Yeah. The systems I will get into, Well, but it's, just it's, it's so
0: funny you're bringing this up because we're having a strategy meeting next week in Orlando uh, to actually improve all the things you're talking about right mm-hmm. now. So we, we think that we've created a great brand. We've, we think that we've created something that's exciting. We think that, uh, you know, culturally we're a, you know, we're a fun brand. But we feel like we're not executing on that at 100% because we're getting caught up in the minutiae, you know. So uh, next week is like a think tank on Tuesday uh, with the uh, senior team, uh, which uh, is myself and and a couple others, Billy and a couple others. And then we're actually going to step it down to the entire executive team on Wednesday and then discuss uh, goals for 23 we ask that, obviously, every officer submit goals in January 23. Uh, but in order to really accomplish those goals or start to work on those goals, we, we need to understand what the strategy what's is going to be.
1: Sub-steps? What's the sub-steps? What's the steps that how are you mapping out that end goal?
0: I'm, I'm giving away. I'm, I'm already giving away, <laughs> well, you know, the things at least I'm going to bring to the table next week. But it's it's almost identical to what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, how do we, you know, uh, invigorate the brand a little bit? Uh, you know, how do we um, you know, like doing a conference
1: uh, inject with inject positivity inject yeah, yeah, positivity,
0: together. yeah because you understand that there's a lot going on politically, there's a lot going on economically, uh, the fact of the matter is, is a system we're down right now, mm-hmm. I mean <clears throat> you know, it's, it's not necessarily the worst news in the world, I think it's uh, it's uh, par for the course right now uh, for a lot of companies but we're running up against COVID numbers and COVID for us Ironically, was uh, was pretty strong. We take out business. Uh, Yeah, a lot of people were ordering food to go and picking food up. So, you know, uh, we're running up against COVID numbers. A lot of uh, the franchise community, I think, are I think they're a little demoralized. They're not hitting those numbers. Now, compound that with the fact that the economy isn't great. Uh, People don't have the, the money that they they had last year. Um, and it might be tough for the next year or so. So how do we invigorate, refresh? Look for opportunities, Come up with some new ideas, maybe to even build sales that we haven't thought of. So, you know, from a strategy level, it's very complicated. Oh yeah, Yeah, it's Absolutely. very complicated.
1: And then, you know, what are some of the systems, and maybe you could point out one or two main systems, softwares, that you have implemented within Bubakoo's that allow you to manage something at that scale whether it be all the way through your executive team down to the owners down to the employees mm. what's one or two important systems and how do they kind of operate within Bubakoo's
0: well the, the the two biggest things right now uh, would be it's it's going to sound very simple but it's the app you're really forcing. We're trying to get as many people to the app as possible. Why? Just because you grab so much
1: data, it's efficient well, it, there. Well, it's you know,
0: of course. I usually have my phone sitting right on the armchair, uh, arm of the chair here. But everything's in in the palm of everybody's hand. So really pushing mobile. Pretty sure I have your app in here. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, is making sure that uh, you know we're we're maximizing that mobile aspect of our business. And in fact, you know, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, You know, there's a, you know, a lot of upside to, yeah, there you go, thank you. Get on the app,
1: make sure you guys download it. (laughs) Platinum.
0: Platinum, love you. Thanks for your business, guys. Uh, You know, the bottom line is, um, you know, there's a lot of upside that we're missing to the digital space. And right now we've got, uh, we're using different companies that are are finding these, you know these platforms and these spaces uh, to direct people. You know people are typing in. Yeah, you are able to retarget a lot of retargeting, uh, but really, I think next level for us, even beyond that, um, is is going to be.
1: Don't mind the ash. It's gonna, I know
0: there's a lot of ash flying around here. Uh, is going to be uh, branding. Is to real a real strong branding campaign that kind of is combined with the, the 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 mobile marketing side of it.
1: Yeah, I I, so, I think that is huge. huge. We can discuss some other ideas. Yeah. Are you tethering other things off that? So for a lot of business owners, whether it be this plumbing company doing mm. two million dollars of revs a year, yeah, or the company doing fifty million dollars of revs a year, yeah. A lot of those systems and apps that are being paid, right, the squares of the world, you can tether and plug and play other softwares off it. For example, let's just use a trucking company. Yeah. As soon as I drop low boy and i take the excavator off boop the cost per hour is billed to you the invoice is done right there right and then when that's paid it gets tethered into another piece of software that grabs the accounting Mm -hmm. that makes you much more efficient are you using it from that angle as well or just more of the front of the house of hey there's different ways we can brand digitally through the app tying into other softwares or or <clears throat> social media etc
0: i'm not the one to represent the first first question but from the the the, the second question yeah from the interface you know in terms of an interface and the user the things i just mentioned are the things that we're doing to grab the uh you know the consumer we want people again to to begin to see us everywhere mm-hmm. um but we, you know, that's going to come in the form of mobile. I think eighty percent. But we're really trying to brand ourselves, you know, in terms of
1: outside of the, you know, the uh, the mobile. Uh, so a little bit more of a influencers influencers. We social use. media. We do
0: things like that, but you know, it, it's hard. Who's your
1: best influencer? That's a good question.
0: I I I don't know if I can give you an answer besides yourself. I don't know if I can give you a good answer. That is a good answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> um but the, there's just it's it's hard for me to divulge a lot of this because of course so much yeah. of it is on the whiteboard I call, we call it the whiteboard that never goes away you know and it's it's always Evolution. ideas and 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 uh, buckets that we're attacking and we probably get to three out of 20 in each bucket and the bucket gets mixed around and we and we retry something else so it's I think anybody in business who, who who isn't doing things like that or that, like the things I'm talking about? You, you're doing the wrong thing. You'll never scale your business, properly. Yeah, really.
1: you, you can't. There's no, no way.
0: No. And and it's getting to the point again where.
1: Well, talking about yeah. that scale. Yeah. You know, for somebody who may want to launch a brand, and or they have a brand and they want to launch it to a franchise. Yeah. What was the evolution of the first people you were allowing to buy into a franchise to? How you target that person today, and really the requirements that come along with yeah,
0: it. Yeah, wow, that's a story. I think, yeah, that's a story in itself. I yeah. mean, we can unpack that for an hour. A you quick know? version. But of I'm going to give the you the abridged version. The I promise. Watching. I'll give you the ABRIDGE version. In the beginning, um, you take whoever you can get. Of course. Period. Yeah. You, you, you we know? need money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and I don't mean it that way because we had a great first franchise person. Uh, We really liked them. We really stuck to our guns. And it took us several years to find even the first good franchise. And they they were great. And uh, they were a lot of fun to work with. They were entrepreneurial. They were pizza guys, Mm -hmm. you know, who really were passionate about the brand. And I applaud them. You know, Danny, uh, I really like Danny. um, And uh, we hit it off. It it was the DiPiero family. They're a good family. And um, he's the one who really took the
1: chance on us. Are they still involved today? Yeah, oh,
0: the father's—he's—he's—you uh, know—the sons and the father—they're all—you know—business people. They're all good guys. They're all doing their thing. Uh, again, if it wasn't for Danny taking that first step, that first leap of faith we wouldn't be where we are today it creates that ripple effect yes. did, again
1: going back to you see that one well, well let's
0: slow down on the ripple because it's not like it it even started rippling hard it was like but it was moving the ball Danny. down the field that's right it's moving forward and, and you know that's almost like my mantra in life it's even the days that are really really hard uh, you just have to keep moving forward you know that's just like that's how i choose to live
1: I always move forward. I, I, I try not looking back too much. A little plug for myself. I run a coaching group. And yeah. And I'm tied into a lot of different entrepreneurs that walk all different lives like you. Yeah. And I try to truly be a sponge and listen. But I write a newsletter. And again, I have a copywriter clean it up because I didn't go to an institution like yeah. Delaware to help me be a better writer. Uh, yeah. Maybe I should have. Who knows? Yeah. But I write something. And today, the newsletter that I wrote was about <clears throat> the show must go on. That's right. Th- th- it doesn't matter what happens in business. It doesn't matter what happens in the economy. And unfortunately, your, your, your people who are looking for you to pay your bills, your employees, the people who have expectations of you, your food, your business, right. they don't really care even if you lose a loved one. That's just unfortunate name in business. And if you want oh. to be successful long term, you have to just keep adapting and moving forward. And it was a uh, great newsletter. So for those of you who watch, make sure you check it out. The Pit, you can find that right on my link tree. Awesome. I like it.
0: Yeah, so I think that I
1: believe in just constantly moving the ball forward.
0: So the franchising was tough in the beginning, man. We didn't get a lot of traction. Uh, It took, uh, well, let me preface it by saying that the one thing we did right from the beginning uh, to even create interest is we were smart enough to open up about seven or eight restaurants where I think a lot of people, you know, they they open up a restaurant or they open up any retail business um, and they say, okay, I have one or two that do really, really well. Now it's time to franchise. No. It's like you really just, you know, the advice I would give anybody is continue to open up your own stores. Prove it out. You know, you really have to prove it out because when people are going to sit at the table, you better pull out your financials for all of your restaurants and say, look, we... We've had enough faith in ourselves to not just make it past one or two, but we made it to six, seven, or eight.
1: Yeah, that's a great beta test. Oh, that's big. a lot of stats to go point to. That's two. right. Yeah. And that's you really guys said your, your second or third store almost sunk everything, oh, right? Gosh, it was a yeah. hard one in yeah. Brick. Brick almost sunk. You went back uh, to Brick. There you go. Went to Brick.
0: You know, just when I thought Brick would, uh, you know, uh, have us with open arms. Uh, it's they were going to the Red almost, Lion for, di- for lunch and dinner. They weren't coming to bubble That's was, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it single-handedly almost destroyed us, uh, the brick store. So we were pumping all of our proceeds out of Point Pleasant and Manisquan into brick. But you know what? We held the line. It was the same thing. We just kept holding the line. Yeah. And I kept saying, if we, if we keep doing the things right, and again, this is mm-hmm. nothing Billy wouldn't agree with, you know, if we keep hold the line, we keep doing the right things, we keep being consistent, we keep providing great service, we keep doing the fundraising, we stay local, it'll it'll come, and it did. You know, and we were buried in this spot in this Top Tomato Shopping Center, in a corner, you couldn't even find us if you were looking for us. Yeah, I remember you being
1: there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're you're locked. Back. You were by the five dollar haircuts.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. And you know, uh, fortunately, in time, we transi- transitioned over to that Muscle Maker Grill that went out. Yeah, and that was a godsend. But it, it was just about again holding the line,
1: staying the course. Is be- that
0: store still there, Burke? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It
1: I does, remember the muscle maker. Well. It does well. That was a franchise flop, per se. Not to throw any shade on those guys. No, they're good guys. Yeah, No, I'm saying it yeah. was a great stuff, but they had launched and grew super fast, yeah. and it seemed like the consistency wasn't there, and then that shrunk back down fairly quickly in a five-year time span. It did. It did.
0: But, you know, um, yeah. But,
1: to so your it, point of you can't launch. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. So... You know, we, 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 we struggled through that, and then we, we hit gold and we hit Tom's River, which was number four. So four put us back in the game. You know, it, it almost felt like, at the time, if I were to, you know, it, it's, it's, it's stirring up emotions in me right now, but... Um, Manusquan was two? Manusquan was two, Brick was three, and then Tom's River was Sorry, four. I didn't get
1: that. was R- listening to Tom, us. Tom, yeah,
0: Tom's River was four. And Tom's River put us back in the game. It started making a lot of money, that store. And it was about that time (laughs) when I could finally retract from my job and invest myself 150% into, you know, Bubba Coos. How did
1: you feel at that time when you kind of went from the rat race still to to what I call freedom? Elated. Yeah.
0: Elated. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say that was probably a, a crowning moment in my life is knowing that, you know, I I didn't have to wear, uh, the dress pants and, and the tucked in shirt with the belt and the briefcase and the, uh, you know, just the grind, the Blackberry attached to me. Um, it was just different, and it took me a while to transition, by the way.
1: Yeah, he, almost, he had to almost, like, slow yeah, down. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Billy was always, you know, he, you know, Billy's a cool guy. You know, he always wore his uh, cargo shorts and his you know, his T-shirts and his hat backwards, and, you know, he was kind of living the dream, I'd say, to some degree, a little sooner than myself, even though he was working 10 times
1: harder. But um, There's something different when you're grinding for yourself. Yeah, there is. It's just something different. Yeah. You know, if I don't really want to go to work and I don't encourage you, Uh, Those of you who are trying to launch a business not to go to work. But if you don't want to and you want to go watch your daughters play a soccer game or the recital, you don't have to go. When you work for a big corporation, you're getting a paycheck for two hundred grand a year. They expect you to be there.
0: Agreed. You know, the one thing i also just reflecting on while while we're talking is, and and that I really liked about Billy and myself, and and we're still aligned in the same goal. We both agreed early on, very early on, that we were going to be in this to win this, like big time. We were going big. Like we weren't even go to ten or twenty stores. We were going to go to a, a couple hundred stores at least, and and we both looked at each other and we said we both have to commit to this. You know, there's going to be people that are going to come along the way. They're going to try to derail us and buy us early, and you know, there's going to be a lot of that going on at some point. But we both have to stick to our our, our, our guns and 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 really just commit to seeing this all the way through, and. Uh, what does all the way through look for you guys? Uh, you know, that changes a little bit here and there. Yeah, of course. I think you it's get also, older, your getting kids older, get older. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, there's a lot of other things I want to do. Um, but you're committed. I'm committed. I think there's, there's just a number, you know, I'm not willing to talk about. but there, there, There's just a number I think we're, we're, we're looking for. And I think when we, we we get to that number, we find the right buyer, we, 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 we transition it off to somebody that I uh, see, uh, it's like having a child, right? Yeah, it's your baby. It's like I don't want to just even sell this to anybody for a certain amount of money who's going to destroy it. I want this brand to be a great brand that's going to go the the well, distance. You care about the
1: people who invested in you, Billy. The franchise. Well, doors, we've got franchise
0: that... partners. We've got people that work for us. Uh, again, the future. I want to be able to go to a Bubba Kuz ten years from now. Yeah, and point to it and show your grandkids, maybe. Sure, sure. So, and I think this concept has legs. I really do. I think uh, if we can get some of the right. Um, if we could press some of the right buttons at this point, we could take this into a, a, a major national brand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think you're
1: I think you're there. there.
0: Well, we're more of a regional brand right now, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, with, with
1: parcels and patches of stores and in, in different, uh, you know, DMAs. Talk about where you're looking to expand. What type of partners you're looking to bring on for somebody who may see this and they're mm-hmm. looking for uh, another investment? Sure.
0: Well, I can tell you right now that I think strategically too, and that's gonna be part of our conversation, is 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 maybe planning our growth a little bit more deliberately instead of just finding a great qualified person in... Shotgun approach. Well, not even a shotgun, but just right, it is a shotgun approach to some degree, but there, there's definite hurdles, there's certain qualifications. If you meet those qualifications, and it's a what we consider a, a, a good market. We let you franchise in that market, providing it's X amount of units. But I think we have to be a little bit more specific. And we're we're starting to learn that the East Coast is. Is real strong for us right now. Mm. East coast is strong force, Northeast is strong force, Even Midwest is really strong.
1: Force. Now, do you think because the West Coast had a lot of this yeah. style stuff for I a do. long time? Yeah, I, I, I would agree do. with that.
0: Yeah, we're definitely arm wrestling for the business harder in the West. Yeah, uh, than we are in the East. Who but, cares?
1: Uh, Stick where the business is doing well, right? Well,
0: at least get a lot more traction on the East, and then take it. You know, when and, and then take it harder West. Yeah. I still think we do we do well in the West. Mm-hmm. We just seem to do a little bit better in the East and in the Midwest. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, that, and that could simply be because of brand concentration. You started here. Of course. Yeah, yeah New Jersey, New York's not an easy place to no, succeed. No, There's good brand identity here. Yeah, 100%. Um, quickly wanted to touch on the ghost kitchen. A lot of people don't understand. You guys have some pretty good wings. Sure. And you had called me in and Billy had throwing a spread together for me and a couple big buddies and we house some delicious wings talk a little bit about the ghost kitchen concept was that just something fun that you and billy wanted to throw together yeah it
0: was (coughs) definitely an element of fun i mean everybody likes wings uh, but it was just uh just another driver you know ultimately uh another driver uh to generate more business is that yeah. in every store or mainly just your corporate stores here? Well, you know, right now, uh, it did real well during COVID. Again, everybody was ordering off platforms. Everybody was Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub. Um, and that's when we created it. it was probably COVID, pre-COVID. And the um, name of it again? It's called Tossum Wing Factory. Yeah, Tossum Wing Factory. Yeah. So it, it really, uh, it, it does well. Uh, but I think again, there's some fine tuning that needs to happen with that. Uh, it hasn't been front row and center. Front row and center is really the Bubba Coos Burritos brand.
1: Of course. So, um, just another vertical that's exactly, there. you know,
0: it's just good use of real estate is probably the best thing I could say. Yeah. About
1: Velocity that. Of, a rest- of a restaurant kitchen. That's right? right. That's right.
0: Yeah. You have the space, use it, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Just like a real estate building, you know, if I can rent out. You know, seven units versus just one or two. Why would I not do that? Yeah. So <laughs> rounding out, I like to ask. Well, let's talk about next chapter, too. I, I was going to I was gonna go oh, there. Okay, good, yeah, good. Rounding out, I like to talk about where you see Bubba Coush, yourself, your partner, your employees sure. heading into the future. And then I'm going to ask you a follow-up question or two about giving some other local business owners a shout-out and some pivotal things that you think is extremely important for the young viewer or the other business owner your age that's been in business for 10 years mm-hmm. that they should be focused on. But talking about the future of Bubba Coups, sure. touch on that. Okay. Future of Bubba Coos as in what,
0: one year, two year, five years? I would say the five year. Five year. Uh, you know, right now we have on the books, we'll have 100. We're, again, we're, we're right on the cusp of 100. I'd say in five years, we should probably open up at least another 100 stores. Wow. Yeah, maybe more. So, uh, at least... How many do you have in
1: the hopper? Again,
0: we're probably... Well, we, we already have that. We have about another 150 in the hopper. Wow. So, we have 250, wow. you know. Um, so, yeah, that's... That's what, amazing,
1: by the way. Congrats to thank you, thank and you and Billy and your that's team.
0: kind. Yeah, thank, you. Uh, thank that's, you.
1: That's serious. I mean... Yeah. You know, we look at Peter Cancro and Jersey Mike's... Yeah. Here, we also have Bubba Coos, you know, again, two Point Pleasant local residents. Yeah. He obviously has 2,500 stores, which yeah. is just insane. Yeah. But even 250 stores, that's a lot. That's a lot. That, that's war every day of trying to help everybody yeah. win. Yeah, and I think
0: it's all about, you know, personally what you want in life. You know, could I camp out for another 20 years and see it to a couple of thousand? I could. You you know what I mean? It's just, you know, like I said earlier on in the interview. There's just other things that I'm really passionate about. Also, I know you want to
1: give back and it. And then I really want
0: to do. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's it's not so much, you know, can we get there? You know, it's just a matter of when's enough enough. You you, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, so uh, it's fun opening
1: restaurants. It's great. Uh, it's you have great two to... beautiful daughters a beautiful wife you, you want to be involved in their lives of course you know business is you know takes a lot of your time it's a lot of sacrifice it takes
0: a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of face time yeah so um you know yeah that's that's an aspect of uh of uh you know business that a lot of people will never understand okay. you know i sometimes say that if i could put everything into a binder uh on how we've even gotten to where we are and again I by no I just I think this is important to also state. I don't think we're some moguls. I don't think we're some unbelievable business guys. We're a couple of regular guys who just chomped at the bit, did what it took and really gave it 150% to get to where we are today. Again, if I were to put everything we did in a manual and I were to hand that manual to somebody and say you can get there if you follow this manual, I can almost promise you most won't. that most would be like, "I, I don't <laughs> want to have anything to do with that." Yeah, you know, well, uh, it's
1: that it's that fear of like, "Damn that that mountain is so hard to climb. That is so high. The peak of that is so far and away, and all
0: the pitfalls. You yes. know, there's so many. The I mean, valleys. To, to, to along sit there the way. and talk about them will almost sound negative. But there's yeah. you know, there's health aspects. There's marital aspects. There's family implications. Mm-hmm. There's there's you know your relationships with people change. Um, you know, people that, people that don't even know you have opinions about you. It's, yeah. it's
1: really interesting, you know. Actually, that's something I wanted to touch on with you. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, when I met you, you seemed pretty open to me, direct yeah. about, you know, yeah. things that you thought could be helpful to either the business we were in. I'll give DVTree as an example. Sure, You're the type of guy that walks in there, and with a genuine heart, you could say, Hey, May, I think maybe if you change this, this could be helpful. Or yeah. Joe, this or that. And any young business owner doesn't love to hear that. No. They obviously were receptive, but you were coming in there with an actual helpful intent. But someone who may be listening to that are like, oh, who, you know, this guy owns Bubble coos and 50 stores. Like, who does he think he is? Yeah, yeah. What What do you say to people that are experiencing that as they launch a business and they get, you know, what people would call? Haters or Mm. negative things being thrown your way I roll with the punches Uh.
0: You know, I mean it just comes with the territory, you know, I mean, you know with uh, what I call a little bit of success is going to come a lot of anguish pain disappointment uh, You know and you just have to look the other way and just continue to talk about the things that we talk about It just count your blessings. Yeah, you know I focus on my family now more than I ever have Um, You know, I, you know, there's, there's just more about family for me, you know, more about inspiring other people for me, uh, more about, again, getting this brand over the finish line for me uh, that, that matters more to me at this age. You know, I'm not young anymore. You know, I turned 50 last year and uh, I'd say it was pretty pivotal for me. You know, I was realizing that I'm 50 years old. Like, gosh, where did the time go? You know what I mean? I feel 30, you know, but I'm 50. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, priority priorities just changed, you know, like. Um, yeah, but you I could have been, you
1: know, know for, for the people who may take that yeah. negatively, like, oh, wow, he's 50. It took that long to get to where he is. You know, you lived a pretty good life along the way. You had your sports cars and your bikes and <clears throat> nice homes and you, you, you yeah. travel sure. a fair amount. But if you were working for some corporation, you may have been more burned out at the age of 50 years old or, you know, worse. Maybe you didn't get as, you know, much income That's right. into the household the last 15 20 years yeah um so i don't want that to be a discouragement to yeah. anybody and again that all goes back to your chip and your inner drive and right. what you want to succeed that keeps you going well you said it you
0: know more burned out and ultimately what less secure yeah you know if, if you're working for someone you have else no control yeah yeah and, and i think it's important that we also say that you know that we're, we're talking to an audience of people Who ideally want to be motivated, right, to open up their own business Mm -hmm. because, you know, we need people in the world. We need police. You know, we need postal workers. You know, not everybody can be an entrepreneur. And that's okay. That's absolutely okay because I hold, uh, you know, the person that delivers my mail with just as much respect as I do, you know, one of the people or my colleagues that work with me everybody's important
1: yeah we need all roles as that's a country right, hundred percent so the country has gotten lost I think we've become too much of individualist and we don't look at it as a whole and work yeah. together as a community is a word that's thrown around a lot but really as a community as a country and you know again you talk about police officers you know, they've been one of the most disrespected, Ugh. you know, fields over the last five, six years uh, by elites in this country. It's disgusting. Don't get me started yeah. on that one. It, it's I was absolutely- at a swearing-in
0: last night of uh, two—I'm sorry, three people uh, at Borough <laughs> Hall last night, and uh, I was honored to be there. Yeah,
1: it's one of the reasons you flew back for That's a right. friend. That's right. It
0: is one of the reasons why I came back, is uh, to see my people. I had an ops meeting today, but it was to be there for one of my friends uh, that was promoted— uh, I'll give a shout out. It's Lauren MacGyver. He was promoted to lieutenant, and uh, he's been with the force. Gosh, I'm gonna say north of 20 years. I about 23 years. Dedication to his town. Oh, and, and a super cop on top of it. Yeah, we do have some great yeah. cops here we locally. Have great we cops. have
1: Detective Sherman, Hoffman, and Bayhead. Yep. You know, yep. Dave Epelito. Oh yeah, a lot of good guys. A lot of really good guys that yeah. care. It's it's a good community, Point Pleasant. We're blessed, Point Very. Pleasant and, and Bayhead. Agreed. Agreed. So one of the other things I like to ask here towards the end is some other business owners that you look at their success and you're like, wow, they did it. I like the way that you did it. I've watched your evolution. Give us two other local business owners. <laughs> I know that's probably hard. You've been in this community for Gosh, a long time. Waiting, now
0: you're zooting me. I don't want to insult anybody, A, and B. I don't want to forget anybody. Of but course. But what's just the question?
1: Give us two business owners that you think have great businesses. It could be restaurants. It could oh, be a contractor. Okay. Wherever.
0: Gosh, there's plenty of them. I mean, you know, somebody that I, I admire, uh, we have a, a strange relationship, but, you know, In the beach, there's JR's Barbershop. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you know Jennifer. No, I do not. Well, Jennifer is a great girl, and uh, she was working for her competitor, which was right next to Divi Tree, what's the name of the barbershop? Bridge Barbershop. Bridge Barbershop. Uh, I think it was Chelsea and... I don't know. I forget, Uh, but nonetheless, they did a great job with their business over there. Uh, Jen had been one of their they're people that was a, I guess a, a haircutter, hairdresser. I don't know the proper barber, political term. Yeah. Barber, ultimately barber, but uh she had a lot of drive and ambition. Opened up her shop in, I would say, a little bit of a tougher location down thirty-five, and then relocated right up on the Arnold Ave, yep. uh strip there. And I'm really proud of her. I think she did. You know, she's doing some great things, and she's really embraced her business and she's done a one eighty. Uh, gosh a colonial i mean those yeah, guys do a great killing. job they and and those guys it, we're gonna get know? brandon
1: and billy on those guys were and not to dive too deep into their personal story but they had you know tragically lost their father yes. who, who had really breathed eat and, and sure. sleep that store sure and that's a tough task to take on as, as younger you know you'll call it children sure you know i I don't know exactly how old billy and brandon and the rest of the siblings i don't want to leave anybody out was but they were fairly young and still young and they have their own families now and that place is crazy busy it's jumping at all times of the year yeah agreed thanksgiving the turkeys christmas their catering the butcher the groceries during covid they were awesome to the community we would call them up they put together an order you know one of the young yeah. kids were bringing out mask on gloves now that we all know that that was absolutely not needed but we were lied to right. i digress you know they're an awesome business in the community so shout out to colonial market so,
0: so embarrassingly i don't know the arms really well you know jen uh you know the uh, sister worked for me years ago and uh, she was she was a sweetheart but uh i just like what they've done you know and uh, I have some inter- I had some interaction with those guys when I was living in Point Pleasant. They were always gentlemen to me and uh, v- very kind. Uh, but it was really nice to see their business flourish. Uh, again, I could probably just spitball. You know, a dozen businesses of now. Of course, I think about it. Divi Tree. You know, again, driven Shout by two great Divi. people. You know what I mean? They're two good people uh, grinding away. Hard workers. Yeah, and that's a hard business. I mean, you know, you, you know, you could. You you, you know, if you know the business, you you could see that they, you know, they work hard and there's a lot to deal with every single day. And that's
1: just one, you know, so. The sandwiches he pumps out via, again, going back to the app. You know, they have a great app that they launched during COVID as well because they had a lot of people walking in ordering. man, the orders that Joe pumps out with just himself and maybe one assistant cook is really impressive it especially is. It in is. the summer yeah 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 so
0: shout yeah, out to they, joe on the grill that's right they've done a fine job there but again there's so many you know so those are just the ones that come to the top of my mind i'm sure I, i've i've passed on a couple people who are going to be like well why didn't you mention me <laughs> but uh it's always happens. but there's a, there's a lot of great people out there just doing their thing so
1: lastly know? if you were speaking to a young entrepreneur or even a business owner who's you know in the infant stages of their business, let's say five years or less, what's the one thing, whether it be a saying or a critical thought that you would tell them to live by when it comes to business?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to the why can't you? You know, if you're, they're doubting themselves and they really don't understand is, is just realize that, you know, pretty much every entrepreneur that I've ever met, you know, they're, they're, they're so regular. So they're just ordinary people, yeah you know that came from uh, you know here and maybe they at least financially have moved here uh, but uh, and that's kind of what we're talking about is the financial success yeah. that comes with being an entrepreneur. there is obviously a, you know a, a lot of upside to being your own boss, but again, to answer your question more succinctly is I would just say, you know why can't you do it and and to go for it?
1: Yeah, and go form- all
0: in. Yeah, formulate the plan. Make sure you've exhausted your plan
1: uh, and then execute the plan. I, I couldn't agree more. And and going all in is what I've done with this podcast as well as my financial planning practice. I'm not allowed to talk much about that. But, man, I've gone all in on this podcast. Evan, the team, Mike Daniele, Mack my copywriter Carly Olson down in Texas – you know Alex, who helped me do the copywriting for the ebook. You know the coaches, Keaton. You know he was the muscle on Discovery Diesel yeah. uh, Diesel Boys. Nice. Um, you know, you know I'm, I'm going all in with these guys, investing yeah. in them. They're investing their time with me. That's awesome. And a lot of times, I think we have going back to that limiting belief right. as a regular middle class or or a person who grew up in poverty, we have this stupid limiting belief and we should completely eliminate that. It doesn't matter what building you walk into, what office you walk into, what person you sit in front of, you can win them over and you can sell them your services product or whatever it is that you're offering to them. Agreed. Paul, again, thank you. I know you're busy. I know you got an early flight. Mm, I don't know how long we went for there, but Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Of
0: course. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much.